Okay, praise the Lord. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Ben Visser from the Revival Fellowship Rotterdam in Holland. Uh, for the people that don't know me, and for the people that do know me, I'm still Ben Visser from Holland, Rotterdam. All right, um, we're going to just open our Bible. I'm an old-fashioned guy, I like paper. And we're just going to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. And um, I'm going to show you a video before we read anything here. Uh, Pastor Paul Noble asked me to talk a little bit about uh, outreaching and, uh, uh, well, he talk, asked me to talk about a lot of things, but I thought well, that'll take a few hours. But uh, so um, uh, he asked me to talk about outreaching and just uh, uh, some of the things that have been happening in uh, Europe. Uh, we got a, a short film of what's happening in the, the UK and Ireland and uh, uh, Europe, uh, Hungary, uh, Czech. There's quick film, it's only I think four or five minutes um, and underneath is written where it's from, if you can keep up, well done, if you can't hallelujah anyway uh, there's brothers and sisters there rejoicing there's revival and uh, Europe is in a bit of a bad state uh, as there's a war in the Ukraine uh, but there's a lot of tensions uh, just in the, the European Union, the European Union is not very united uh, although they keep saying they are. And the more they say they are, the more you think, yeah, I don't think you are. But um, anyway, uh, but uh, the gospel's going out, and uh, I guess it's, well, it's the last days we're living in, and these kind of things are to be expected. So I'll just leave, I'll go sit down again, and you can have a quick look at this film. Okay, some of you probably would have recognized uh, some of the people on there that have traveled uh, uh, through uh, Europe and uh, uh the UK, um, they all uh, give their greetings. Um, they're all sort of uh, always looking to Australia, conventions and listening to talks. And uh, so you've, uh, people are spying on you, uh, no matter where you are, from Europe, and uh, they're looking to see what's happening uh, in Australia and Papua New Guinea. Uh, and uh, we give regular reports of what's happening on other parts of the world, I'm sure, as the way... Uh, you hear news from uh, other parts of the world also. Um, <clears throat> like I said, there's a, a bit of trouble here and there in Europe. Uh, things are heating up, and uh, we don't know where it's going to go. Well, we've got a rough idea where it's going to go. How it's going to get there will be interesting to see, of course. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we're out preaching the gospel, and uh, we're just getting on with the job and trying not to get too distracted by what's happening around us. And uh, I just wanted to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. Uh, hopefully you've already found that, Matthew chapter 10. And uh, most of us know this story, Matthew 10 verse 5. And these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go, in, uh, go not into the way of the Gentiles and uh, in uh, any of the cities of uh, uh, the Samaritans, that's an interesting word for me, uh, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. And uh, it's interesting that uh, Jesus uh, gave uh, a command uh, also to us, uh, most of us know Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, and the very first word there is go. Go you into all the world, just go. And it doesn't matter where you go, whether it's here in the, 
around the mall or whether it's on the corner of your street or talking to the next door neighbor, it's time. Time's running out. And uh, maybe it's far away from your bed what's happening in the world, but it's happening. And uh, there are people that are scared, people that are worried, and they need to get to know the Lord. And it's our job to show them. And uh, it's not sort of telling them what to do, it's showing them what to do, teaching them. And I was asked uh, by uh, Pastor Paul uh, to uh, talk a little about, out, uh, about outreaching. And uh, there was a brother in uh, from uh, England who uh, came to Holland, and uh, he said he liked uh, to turn those two words around and go from outreaching to reaching out. And it is really about a love of reaching out to people. You're reaching out to try and help someone. You're reaching out to try and rescue someone. Whether they're drowning in a pool, you reach out to them. And it doesn't really matter where it is or what part of uh, the world it is or whether it's at work or at school or on an outreach on a Thursday night or a Friday night. Uh, it's about reaching out to people to try to save them. And reaching out to someone, the motivation is not you must do it, but it's great to do it and it's a motivation of compassion and love and a passion for the truth. Uh, we saw some photos of some people there. I don't have time to sort of point them out tonight. Uh, one brother, his name, uh, I won't mention his name. It might be a bit embarrassing. One of our brothers who came to the Lord in the early years in Rotterdam, and uh, he uh, had a horrible life like a lot of people in this world, and uh, a very intelligent man. He was uh, studying to be a, a, a judge, European judge, uh, and uh, studied law. Uh, he'd also been a um, lawyer, uh, and uh, he thought, well, I'm going to do justice for people, bring justice into this world. And uh, he got extremely frustrated, uh, extremely saddened by the fact that even when someone was innocent, they were proven guilty, or someone was guilty and the other way around, you know how it goes. And uh, he uh, got very depressed uh, by life, uh, and uh, he uh, actually went to the doctor and uh, said to the doctor, I want you to kill me. And uh, the doctor said, no, that's not my job. So he uh, jumped over the table, grabbed the doctor by the throat, and said, if you don't kill me, I'll kill you. And uh, needless to say, he ended up in a, uh, a mental lock, locked up in a, in a facility there. And uh, he'd been there for about six uh, months, I think, maybe nine months. And uh, he got let out, and uh, he was trying to get his life back into order. And uh, he was uh, walking in a place called South Plain, not far, in Rotterdam, not far from where we have our hall. And uh, somebody witnessed to him. And uh, he uh, received the Holy Spirit, got baptized, and he was completely healed of his depression and psychosis and all sorts of other things that he had. And uh, he loves outreaching. And uh, the motivation for him has always been that someone took the time to change my life. I've got to try and take the time to change someone else's life. Uh, another brother, uh, our brother Tony, you know Tony, yeah, uh, raised, uh, uh, well, healed from all sorts of things. Uh, he came from Iraq and uh, fled from Iraq a number of times. They kept sending him back, the poor guy. Uh, and uh, he uh, eventually did get out and he ended up in Greece. And uh, uh, he was uh, got addicted to drugs and uh, alcohol and all sorts of problems. And he tried to give up uh, uh, drugs and uh, 
thought it'd be a good idea to move to Holland, drug capital of the world, uh, all quite logical really, and uh, he heard the gospel there, and uh, the, he just wanted to be saved, he wanted his soul to be saved, he was in a bad way, uh, and the doctor said, we can't help you, so, uh, you know, say goodbye to your friends and family sort of thing, and uh, he heard the gospel from somebody else that had heard the gospel, and there was a follow-up, and he was listening. He said, hey, I'm listening to this. And uh, when the, a brother said about baptism, he turned around and said, I want that. When can I get there? And he came to the meeting, and um, he uh, sat in the meeting. And every time I mentioned the word baptism in a talk, he said, he put up his hand. I said, no, in a minute, we won't forget you, trust me. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, as soon as this, I said, yes, uh, now, and he looked at me, now, yes, now. And uh, he was off, and... Um, he uh, he says, you know, from the time he left his chair to the prayer line, he said, God, I don't know what to do. I need you to save me. I just want to be saved. And uh, he got baptized. He was healed of some incredible things, too much to mention, uh, but also healed of some traumas. Uh, he was in Iraq when Saddam Hussein gassed a little village just not far from where he lived. And uh, he'd seen some horrible stuff, as some people have. People that have left uh, from, uh, well, Syria not long ago. Uh, just this Wednesday, we uh, baptized a young lady from Syria. And uh, uh, we're uh, witnessing to a lot of people from Ukraine. Uh, our brother Willem the Young, some of you might know him. He's, he loves witnessing to the, these people. Uh, and um, there was a, a lady on the, the film. Her name is Deso Ray. Desiree came to the Lord, very similar, damaged life, and uh, she uh, loved outreaching. And for the exact same reason, I just want to save people like I've been saved. And it's not about you must do or you should do or it's compulsory. It's just I think someone took the time to save me. And uh, there's a great scripture which we just read, uh, freely you received, freely you should give. And uh, it, if you're here new tonight, it's free. And it's the best present you could ever have in your whole life. And uh, it's uh, the healing power of the living God. And you can have a personal relationship with the Father. And it's an amazing life with the Lord. And uh, she witnessed to uh, a young man in Dordrecht. And uh, he came to the Lord. And now he's pastor in Almira. Uh, pastor Renee, some of you met him. He's been here a few times. And, uh, uh, and, uh, well, and a great miracle uh, testimony uh, for him, his wife also, uh, uh, Esther. Well, like I said, too many testimonies to uh, mention, but these people are people that just, uh, just love saving other people because they've been saved themselves. And uh, they've got something great and they want to share it. And, uh, and it's a great uh, uh, way of, uh, well, great motivation. Um, uh, also, I think we just read in verse uh, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. Um, let us remind, uh, reminds us, of course, of uh, Mark 16, verse 15. And uh, verse 9, it's, uh, it's talking about provide neither gold nor silver nor uh, brass in your uh, purses. And uh, we're not preaching a prosperity gospel. Uh, others do that, talk about a prosperity gospel. And I, uh, well, we believe uh, they got that very wrong. 
uh, because it's not about what you can have on this earth that you can all sort of gather together and have your house and your, your private jet and sorry to the people that have a private jet, uh, but uh, it's not about getting that. Uh, because when you think about Joseph, for example, Joseph was sold as a slave, he ended up in prison, and it's in the scriptures that God caused him to prosper. He prospered in prison. That doesn't mean he was rich all of a sudden. He was prospering in a completely different way. Uh, so uh, we can prosper, and no matter what situation we're in, God is with us. Our soul is saved. And if we kill over tomorrow, well, hallelujah, what a way to go. And uh, uh, I want to go to another scripture, and we'll just go to uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Um, you might have noticed on the film, uh, on the bottom it was written, people that had uh, heard the gospel from a pamphlet, uh, people that had heard the gospel from colleagues uh, or friends, and people that have heard the gospel from family. Uh, the ones from family, there were a lot of kids, a lot of kids get sort of brought up in the ways of the Lord. Uh, friends and family, I'm talking about colleagues and people you might work with, but also people that just received pamphlets. There's a lot. And uh, maybe in 2003, uh, we, had, we were outreaching in a place the opposite direction of Rotterdam, and uh, there was a bit of revival there. Uh, there was a few people that came to the Lord in Dordrecht but happened to live there, so we thought we'd give it a go. And uh, for some reason... Too many reasons why it didn't quite work out there. And uh, in, um, I think it would have been October, we started, uh, actually a person came to the Lord uh, and happened to live in Rotterdam. And this person was so thrilled with what she received, she couldn't help but tell everybody. And the reason, I guess the motivation, a short testimony of hers, is that her father was a Catholic, in a Catholic church, and on his deathbed, he died of cancer, poor fella. And uh, he would told his daughter, he said, I've never found God. I've never found God. You think about it, his whole life in the Catholic Church, but he never found God. And he said, make sure, make your, make your, make this your life's goal to find God. So she uh, uh, decided, I'm going to find God. And uh, there was a colleague, actually it was a, an auntie of hers, uh, got heard the gospel, and she didn't want to come to a meeting alone. She wanted someone to protect her from the, the crazy Dutch people. And uh, <clears throat> uh, she brought her, uh, this other lady along, and uh, she said, well, she rang her up and said, I want you to come to a church meeting. She says, I can't go there, I'm looking for God. And, uh, and But that's unfortunately the way it is. She'd been everywhere and couldn't find him. And uh, she came to the Lord, came to the meeting, and uh, she said, this is it. This is it. I found him. And she got baptized, spirit-filled, and she started preaching the gospel. And from that time in October uh, 2003 till Christmas, 40 baptisms, uh, for all from Rotterdam, all people that she witnessed to. And uh, I said to Pastor Peter, I said, I think the Lord's telling us something that we shouldn't be where we were. We should be in Rotterdam. And... Uh, it's great revival, and some of these people are still there today after 15 years, some are, uh, that had uh, got a pamphlet 25 years ago, and they're still in the Lord. And uh, it's, uh, it's great fun uh, to see people and to get young people involved. Um, how long am I to be talking? Oh, no, I shouldn't ask that, should I? Uh, uh, I'm trapped door. Uh, anyway, um, 
Uh, next generation. We've got young people in our fellowship and we call them next generation um, because young people sounds like a little babysitting club, sort of from Bible class to next uh, to, to sort of young people's. We call it next generation because we expect them to take it over from us when we kick the bucket. And so uh, uh, it is a bit of pressure on them. Uh, but we uh, just recently, uh, a Bible class, uh, we sort of uh, uh, sneak them out through the back door of our hall and we go to the park around the corner and we say, today's lesson is we're going to outreach. Here's your pamphlets, have fun. And uh, let's, uh, let's just face it, young people, uh, teenagers love a good argument and all the parents said. Yeah, we all know what we're saying, aren't we? Yes. Uh, but if you give them the gospel, you give them a pamphlet, you give them the Bible and say, go outreach, uh, and this is the best way to win an argument and uh, win the argument for something good, not for what you want but what God wants. And uh, a young lady was uh, witnessing uh, last week on a Thursday night in a little village just outside of Rotterdam, and uh, she got talking to a Pentecostal pastor. He's a pastor of about 1,500 people in his uh, church in there, and he was. She got. He got talking to her, and uh, there was about. She's 14, and uh, there was a few people around that was with this pastor, a good 10 people or so, and uh, she knocked him out of the park. And uh, and it was with Mark 16, Acts 2, uh, Acts 10, John 3, and that was it. So don't be scared thinking, oh, I need to know more before I do this. you got more than enough. Firstly, because you've got the Holy Spirit. And secondly, you've already heard what convinced you to be baptized. And that's all you need to convince them. And uh, uh, praise the Lord, don't get caught up in all the other stuff in this world, but preach the gospel because it's just great fun. And there's no greater thing than when you baptize someone and they, they start speaking in tongues underwater. You see the bubbles coming up and they come up and, uh, and they got the smile from ear to ear. And, uh, we get all our young people involved. If they bring a new person, they're there with us. They're either taking the photo or holding the feet and they, we make them pray with the person that just got baptized. Curtains close, they get next to them and they pray with them because it's inspiring. There's nothing better than seeing someone's life change in an instant in front of your eyes. And it inspires us, but it inspires our young people as well. And uh, uh, let's see, I had some other stuff, but I've got no other idea. Let's see. Okay, what should we say? Um, oh, yeah, Acts chapter 4. Hey, well, let's read a Bible. That's a good way. Acts chapter 4. And verse 19, Peter had received the Holy Spirit uh, on the day of uh, Pentecost in Acts 2. If you're a new person, ask the person next to you what's written in Acts 2, and I'm sure they'll be happy to tell you. Verse 19, and, uh, and Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. And uh, they'd got themselves in some hot water. They'd been in, uh, well, they were about to go to prison. They'd been in trouble and they got picked up by the local police. And they said, don't care, we're going to listen to God. And uh, uh, verse 20, uh, 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 for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And remember, and I'm going to finish with that, what we've seen and heard. There was a young uh, man, I think he was, 
I think he was 11 when he received the Holy Spirit. We went for an outreach, and that was in 1992 in Dordrecht. It was winter, almost died because it came out of Australia. It was 40 degrees when we left, and it was minus a thousand when we got there. That's what it felt like anyway. And this young man, he'd received the Holy Spirit not long before, and uh, he said, I was in the church where my parents went, but where I am now, it works. And uh, you've got a testimony. We've all got a testimony. And uh, even if our memory disappears, and <laughs> we know it works. It works. It just works. And it's the greatest message ever to be given and uh, given in our responsibility. God gave it to us and said, this is now your responsibility. And uh, Jesus paid the most incredible price so that we could have it for nothing. It's a present and it's a wonderful thing to have. So if you don't have it, make sure you leave today with that thing that's for you. And if you make sure you leave with answers, not more questions. All right, so ask your questions. I'll leave it there. See you later.